The following is from Red Hill Baptist Church, where we exist to glorify God, grow more like Jesus, and go with the gospel. To find out more about our ministry or to contact us, please visit redhillbaptist.org. copy of God's Word this morning, and if you would open again to Psalm 23 as we jump back into the series we were doing uh, in the last little while, talking about a soothing psalm, Psalm 23. You know, I'm afraid that fear is running rampant in our world. People are afraid. People are living in fear, and perhaps you're one of those people. 
Uh, If so, I have wonderful news for you based upon the Word of God, and it's this, you don't have to live there anymore. You don't have to live in fear anymore. Today we find ourselves at, I think, what is a a well-known part of the psalm, Psalm 23. Uh, A lot of people know the first verse, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Then I think a lot of people are very familiar with the fourth verse where we find ourselves today, Psalm 23, verse 4, where the Scripture says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for Thou art with me. Thy rod and Thy staff, they comfort me. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for Thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. We find in this verse, if you will, courage. And you and I need courage. Now this is not self-centered courage. This is not self-sufficient courage. This is a shepherd-centered courage that's given to us here in the Word of God. And beloved, you and I, we need it. Why? Because of the dark valleys. The dark valleys of life. The valley of the shadow of death. Now, we often think about this particular verse in relationship to death. Psalm 23 is probably the most read psalm at a funeral. It's a very appropriate psalm. I I use it probably at most of the funerals that I do unless they give me other scripture to use. But I want you to understand something, and it's this. Psalm 23 and Psalm 23 verse 4 is not only applicable at a funeral or during the time of death or near-death experience, it's applicable to our lives right now. It's applicable to living. In living our life, we pass through a lot of dark valleys. And they're addressed here in verse number 4. David Roper said, The valleys bring to mind the day an employer said, Clean out your desk. When a doctor said, Your baby will not be normal. When you found that stash in your son's closet. When your teenage daughter told you she was pregnant. When the doctor said you have cancer. When your spouse said he or she has no energy left to put into the relationship. Those are some of the dark valleys that we face. The phrase shadow of death is one word in the Hebrew. And it means deep darkness. It's a dreary word used elsewhere in the Bible to describe the impenetrable darkness before creation. It's also used in the Bible to describe thick darkness of a mine shaft and the black hole that is the abode of the dead. It's a word associated with anxiety and unfocused dread. Anxiety and unfocused dread. A dark valley, the valley of the shadow of death. That's not the kind of party invitation we want to get, right? We want to avoid the dark valleys of life. We'd rather take the lift up the mountain, thanks. We don't really want to go down into the dark valley. We forget uh, as what someone has called the ABCs of spiritual growth. We forget the ABCs of spiritual growth, and it's this. Adversity builds character. Adversity builds character. And to be honest with you, sometimes if we, we were just blunt, we'd say, you know what? I, I got enough character. <laughs> I don't want any more character. I, I don't want to grow anymore for a while. But God is not done with us. And God is working in us. And God is molding us and shaping us to be like His Son, the Lord Jesus. And God does use the still waters. And God does use the green pastures. We love that part of Psalm 23. But God also uses the dark valleys to mold us and shape us and make us like the Lord Jesus. In fact, there are some lessons that you can't learn 
in the green pastures and the still waters. There's some lessons we're only going to learn if we go down into the dark valleys. And perhaps you are in a dark valley this morning. Or perhaps you've just come out of a dark valley. Or perhaps you're about to go into a dark valley and you don't even know it. And so I want to say to everybody listening, I would lean in and listen very carefully today because dark valleys are inevitable part of our life. And maybe you're in one now, maybe you just came out of one, maybe you're going into one. But we need to be prepared for these times in our life. I like what Rick Warren, he made five observations about these dark valleys. I'll give them to you very quickly. He mentioned that valleys, these dark valleys are inevitable. You will have them. If you live for any amount of time, you're going to face dark valleys. You're going to face dark days. No matter how well you prepare, no matter what you do, these days come. And many times they come unannounced. And, and we're just we're maybe caught off guard by them. But realize that these dark valleys are inevitable. Secondly, they're unpredictable. You don't know when they're coming. And you can prepare all you want, and that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. But they're unpredictable. We don't know exactly when they're going to happen. I think a lot of us figured that out the past year, haven't we? None of us, none of us saw what we were going to be going through. None of us had a thought about, I mean, we had the whole church here planned out. We had our plans. You had your plans. And all of a sudden there's this thing called COVID that comes along. And we're like, well, what is this? Well, you just need to take a couple of weeks and everything will settle down and get back to normal. And here we are well removed from there. You know, they're, they're unpredictable. Thirdly, they're impartial. Uh, no one gets a pass to these. We all have them. Um, just because I'm a pastor doesn't mean I'm immune to it. I have dark valleys. You have dark valleys. All of us, whether we're Christians or non-Christians, everybody experiences dark valleys in their life. Fourth, here's an encouragement to you. Because maybe you're saying, boy, <sighs> we sang heavenly sunlight and now you brought the darkness. Well, listen, just hang on. Valleys are temporary. We go through them. We go through them. And even if the dark valley ends in death, because I know some might be thinking, well, it's the valley of the shadow of death. What if death comes? Well, for the child of God, that is still temporary because we pass from this place into glory to be absent from the body, to be present with the Lord. And so they are temporary. And it may seem like they last forever, but they are temporary. We're passing through them. And then fifth, uh, they are purposeful. They are purposeful. That is, there's a reason behind the dark valleys that God allows in our life. God is using these dark valleys to mature us. And it's important to remember that. And if you find yourself right now and you're in a dark valley, I would encourage you to go to the Lord and begin praying something along the lines like this. Lord, what lesson or what lessons, what is it you're trying to teach me in this dark valley? What is it you want me to learn? What lessons should I take away from this? And if you approach it that way, knowing that God is in complete and total sovereign control, and He is, and God has allowed you to be in that dark valley because He holds you in His hand, He's allowed that into your life, then He has a purpose behind it. It's not just something you're going through. God is molding you and shaping you. And if you were to go to Him, I would encourage you to go to Him and ask Him, Lord, what is it that you're trying to teach me in the midst of this dark valley? Now, I think as believers, a lot of us, we listen to what I just said and, and we would say something along the lines of amen, but we can do that in here, but then we go out of here and if we're not careful, we can go right back to being filled with fear and dread and worry. 
Now, why is that? Why is it that uh, we can be in here and say, well, amen, that, that's right. Of course, we don't say amen in this Red Hill, but I know inwardly you're saying amen, right? And so you're saying amen in your heart. Yeah, I agree with that. that that's right. But then we, we go out of here and we, we feel with fear and dread and worry. Why is that? I think the old evangelist Vance Havner uh, answered it when he said these words. Listen to what he said about God. He said that God, He was there before there was any fear, and He'll be there when all fear has passed away. Let us remember that He saw everything before there was anything. If we could stand at His side today and see what He sees, how baseless would be our fears and how excuseless our tears. But we cannot see as He sees, nor can we see what He sees. Our vision of the future does not extend past our faces so far as certainty is concerned. We live, listen, we lived in the mixed and muddled present. We live in the mixed and muddled present. So how can we have courage in the mixed and muddled present? I mean, with danger all around us, with fear abounding, and there's plenty to be afraid about. I mean, there's plenty. And just the moment you think, well, okay, we're getting somewhere. Listen, if you, you turn into the media, they'll give you a whole other list of things to be afraid about and a whole other list of things to be fearful about. How can we live courageously? Well, look again at Psalm 23, 4. Notice he says here, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. No evil. None? No. David, are you sure there? How could David say that? How could it be that he can honestly say, I will fear no evil? I mean, think about David's life. I mean, there was plenty to be afraid of. There's plenty to fear. So how could he say it? Well, we find the answer, I believe, here in this verse. David reminds us of two important things that I want to remind all of us of today. About how we can have courage. And first of all, David reminds us that we can have courage because of his presence. That is God's presence in his life. Remember the verse that says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And the next words say what? For thou art with me. Did you notice the change in the psalm? Earlier, David's talking about the Lord. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for Thou art with me. Did you notice the change? Up to this point, he's been talking about the Lord. He does this and He does that. Did you notice the change? Now he's talking to the Lord. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. That's a good word, by the way. Maybe we need to stop talking about the Lord so much and go talk to the Lord for a while. Now, don't stop talking about the Lord, but go personally to Him and talk to Him. Thou art with me. Your presence is here. We're reminded again that this is only applicable to the Lord's sheep. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then these words, then you ought to be living in fear. I'm just going to be honest with you. I mean, if you don't know Jesus, you ought to be living in fear. You're under condemnation. The Bible says that you're headed for a Christless eternity in a horrible place called hell. But that doesn't have to be the case in your life. God loved you so much He sent Jesus to die in your place. And because Jesus died in your place and He was buried and He rose again, if you'll turn from your sin and place your faith in Him, He'll give you eternal life. He'll forgive you of your sins, make you a child of God, give you a home in heaven, give you spiritual riches in Christ Jesus. And it's all for the asking. If you call upon the name of the Lord, thou shalt be saved.
And if you've never done that, may I encourage you to do that this morning. But if you're a sheep, and I know a lot of people I'm talking to today, you have that settled. You belong to the Lord. You are one of the Lord's sheep. You don't have to walk around in fear and dread and worry. Why? Because of His presence in your life. His presence makes all the difference in the world. Listen to these verses, Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Uh, Be content with such things as you have. For He Himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? You know, when you've got the Lord present with you, that makes all the difference in the world. I don't know uh, as far as your siblings, but think of that when you were little. Maybe you were a, a little boy or a little girl and you had a big, strong, older brother. And boy, just having that older brother with you, you could go to the playground and you didn't have to worry or fear about anybody messing with you because your older brother's with you. You could walk down the street and have to worry about it because your older brother's with you. Everywhere you went, you have to worry about it because he's there. That's just presence. Maybe you didn't have a sibling. Maybe it was your mom or dad. Just their presence in your life. Well, listen, as believers, you are never alone. The Lord is always with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. We don't have to fear. We don't have to dread. Let me read to you Psalm 139. I want to read it out of a more modern translation just so you hear it a little bit differently. Psalm 139, verses 1 through 12. Oh, Lord, you've examined my heart. Know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say before I say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you're there. If I go to the grave, you're there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night. But even in darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. There's nowhere you can go where he's not with you. Even in the dark valley, he's there. Now, it doesn't always seem that way. And sometimes the silence of the Lord in our lives really begins to bother us and we begin to doubt His presence and doubt His care and doubt His love. But He's always there. He's always with us. In fact, we know as believers, the Holy Spirit indwells us. There's nowhere we can be, nothing we can face that He's not with us. That's why David said, even though I'm going through the valley of the shadow of death, a dark time in my life, I will fear no evil. How can we fear? Jesus is near. He's with us. His presence cheers us and encourages us. You see, our courage is not in ourselves. It's not, you know, if I can lift enough weights, if I can get big enough and strong enough and smart enough and wise enough and wealthy enough, then I can protect myself. No, you'll never get there. Our courage is not found in us. Our courage is found in our shepherd and our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember, sheep. We're sheep. And sheep are defenseless. They're totally dependent upon their shepherd. And what a picture of us as the believers. And so that means this morning, if you're in the dark valley, if you're right in the middle of a dark valley, you're not alone. 
And it also means you don't have to fear. The almighty, all-powerful, sovereign of the universe is watching over you. And not only watching over you, is there with you. Take heart, stand courageous in Christ and His strength. He's there with you. And just as His presence is there, you, you can turn and talk to Him. You can share your fears, your frustrations, your concerns, your everything. Because you have His everlasting love. He's there with you. You can listen to Him. That is, you can pick up the Bible and read the precious promises that He's given to you like we just shared from Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. I, Lord, You said You'd never leave me. You'd never forsake me. I don't have to fear because You're here with me. I, I'm tempted to fear. I want to fear. I'm, I, I'm, I'm struggling, Lord. Would You give me strength? Would You give me courage? Would You help me? And we know that He says to cast all of Your care upon Him for He cares for You. Commune with Him. Fellowship with Him. Don't let the valley destroy you. Let it develop you. Let it develop your relationship with the Lord. So the first reason that we can have courage in the midst of dark valleys is because of God's presence in our lives. But there's a second thing he shares here that I want to share with you, and that is we can have courage because of his protection. Because of his protection. You see, he's not present just to fellowship with you. Although that's a very, very important, and I would say probably even the main thing, He's also present to protect you. Two pieces of shepherding equipment are mentioned here. The rod and the staff. Yea, though I walk the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, talking to the Lord, your presence, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. The rod and staff. What do they do? Stuart Briscoe observed, he said, the shepherd's equipment was unsophisticated. Just a rod and a staff. But they were all that he needed. They were applied with two things in mind. Protection and correction. When marauding animals came along, the shepherd would whack them with the rod. When the wandering sheep fell over the cliff, the staff would pull them back to safety. When they needed a poke, they would get it from the rod or staff. He said all this poking and prodding and whacking doesn't sound too appealing, does it? But to the sheep it is. It's a joy to know that you're protected and will be corrected. The Bible is very clear that whom the Lord loves, He chastens, He corrects, He disciplines. Just like a father, His son. Just like we do our children. Just like you did, some of you. And you're doing even currently, those who have kids at home. You do that not out of hatred, not out of, of spite. You do it out of love because you love your child. And so you correct him, you protect him. There's safety and security in knowing that our wise, loving shepherd is there with us with his rod and with his staff. He doesn't leave us to ourselves. He doesn't leave us to our enemies. He lovingly shepherds us with his protection and his correction. His presence is real. We fellowship with him. We know him. We commune with Him, but at the same time, He's there not only to fellowship, but also to protect us and to correct us. Now, the valley may be long, and it may be dark. It's certainly going to be hard, but He's with us. Now, you know, David was inspired by the Holy Spirit to write Psalm 23. Uh, David knew what it was to face dark valleys in his life. You just think about David's history. I mean, there was a time he was literally on the run for his life. Saul wanted him dead. We could talk about that for a while, but I, I want to probably bring out one of the most well-known stories of the Bible and certainly from David's life, and that is when David went to face the giant Goliath. You remember that he was a young man 
Uh, the story is found in 1 Samuel chapter 17. And the giant Goliath is there. He's taunting the army of Israel and, and they're cowering in fear. And, and King Saul, instead of stepping out and being God's man, he's just hanging back as well. And, and David just arrives on an errand from his dad to deliver some food and get some news, get an update and so forth. And he hears this giant Goliath, this Philistine you know, blaspheming the army of the living God and blaspheming God and, and taunting them and challenging them. You remember that David, in great courage there, he steps forth and says, well, I'll, I'll go face Goliath. Now, let me give you some scripture here. 1 Samuel 17, verse 37. As he goes, David says, Moreover, David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear... He will deliver me from the hand of the, this Philistine. And Saul said to David, listen to what Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. I find that very interesting. Saul's a tragic character, by the way. Started out so well. Head and shoulders above the rest. And yet he failed in this regard. David says, listen, God's protected me. I've, I've been a shepherd. I, I faced a lion and I faced a bear and God delivered me and, and He's going to deliver me from this giant. And Saul says, okay, you go and the Lord be with you. We could talk for a while about why Saul didn't say that to himself, but he didn't. Then we find in 1 Samuel 17, we come down to verses 45 through 47, the Bible says, then David said to the Philistines, so he goes talking to Goliath, you come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand. And I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give you the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save, listen, the Lord does not save with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and He will give you into our hands. Christian, how long is it going to take for us to understand that truth? That the battle is the Lord's. The battle is the Lord's. Not with spear, not with sword, not with javelin, but the battle is the Lord's. Our courage is not in ourselves. Our courage is in the Lord. Just like David. Now imagine this giant. I mean, this guy's a big guy. A warrior. I mean, the whole army's cowering in fear before him. Here comes David. Young man, just out there. Where do you get that kind of courage? You get it from the Lord. You get it from the Lord's presence. You get it from seeing the Lord work in your life in days gone by. And I don't know about you, but you're facing some giant perhaps in your life right now. You're in a dark valley and there's a giant there. Or maybe you're about to go there. You don't even know it. Because, you know, David didn't know that day he went to carry the cheese and the things to his brothers. He's just going along, you know, excited to go. He didn't know he was going to face this giant. But there he was. How do you have courage in days like that? The Lord's presence in your life. And we have to make a choice. Are we going to trust in the Lord and have courage in Him? Or are we going to cower in fear? Are we going to choose fear or faith? Are we Are going to choose to be afraid or to trust? 
I understand a businessman by the name of Ken Hansen went to visit a hospitalized employee. And the patient was there, he was laying very still, but in his eyes you could see he was afraid. His operation had taken eight hours, the recovery was long. There was a lot of uncertainty with this. You can imagine what this person was facing. And Ken said, Alex, you know, I've had a number of serious operations. And I know the pain of trying to talk. And I, I, think you know, I think I know the questions you're asking. And there are two Bible verses that I want to give you. And so, Ken, he took his Bible. He turned to the two passages. He read them out loud. He prayed and he left. And the young man, Alex Balk, took the message to heart. And he enjoyed a full recovery. And you might be wondering, what were the two verses that Ken read to him that day? You might be surprised. In fact, the first one's not one I would have chosen. He read in Genesis 42:36 was the first verse he read. Talking about Jacob. And Jacob, their father, said to them, You have bereaved me. Joseph is no more. Simeon is no more. And you want to take Benjamin. All these things are against me. And if you remember the story of Jacob, that's not true. But that was Jacob's take on it. All these things are against me. But you know, you keep reading, you find out all those things were for you, Jacob. But the second verse that Ken read to Alex that day was this verse. I think you probably know this one. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. And really, beloved, Ken showed real biblical wisdom because when you're in a dark valley, the choice really is between those two verses. Either all these things are against me or all these things are for me. We have a choice to make. Which choice will you make? In a dark valley, are you going to choose fear or are you going to choose faith? Can I encourage you, can I encourage myself to claim Romans 8.28 and even on the darkest days to be reminded and remind ourselves that God works all things together for good. All things. Even when it seems that He doesn't. Would you bow in prayer with me? Before we pray, while your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed, do you know Christ as your Savior and Lord? If not, may I encourage you today, right there where you are, would you just call out to Him, turn from your sin, and place your faith in Christ Jesus? You say, well, preacher, how do I do that? You just trust Him. I would encourage you to express it in a simple prayer to Him in your own words. Just tell Him you know you've done wrong. You know you've sinned. You know you can't save yourself. You believe that Jesus died for you. You believe that Jesus rose again for you. And you want Jesus as your Savior and your Lord. And I could tell you based upon the Word of God, 
If you call upon him in faith, he will save you. I would encourage you to do that today, right where you are. If you've never done that, settle that. And if you did, please share that. I'd love to hear about that after the service today. Love to help you to grow. Love to help you to know the next steps. Share it with others as well. I know the majority of folks I preach to today are Christians. I mean, you're here at the early service. You, you love God. You, you, you want to be here. You want to serve Him. I don't know where you find yourself today. Maybe you're in a dark valley. Maybe you've just come out of one. Maybe you're about to go into one. I just want to give you a moment to really talk to the Lord and in faith to choose courage. Maybe you need to spend some time asking the Lord what lessons He wants to teach you. Maybe you need to just spend some time crying out to Him, sharing with Him your fears and your frustrations. I want to give you a moment to just talk to the Lord and then we'll pray and we'll sing. Now, my Father, I thank You. We don't have to live covered up with fear and dread and anxiety, though we often choose to do so. Forgive us, Lord, where we fail in those matters. Help us to trust You. Help us to lean on You and depend upon You. Lord, thank You for Your presence with us. That we're never going to face anything in life, no matter how glorious or how gory, that you are not with us. You will never leave us nor forsake us. So I pray for my brothers and sisters here in this room and next door and others who may be listening to this message later, that you would minister your will and your way in every life. Lord, thank you that though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil. For your presence, your protection is real. May we not chafe under either. When you bring correction, may we heed it. May we learn from it. May we grow from it. When you bring protection, may we praise you for it. And may we commune and fellowship with you day in and day out, on the mountain and in the valley, and every place we find ourselves. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Our closing hymn this morning, Nearer My God to Thee. If you would like to use the hymn, no, it's 543. The altar is open. If you want to come and pray, we would invite you to do so. If I could pray with you after the service, I'd be happy and delighted to do that as well. But take this verse with you this week. Think about it. Process it. Analyze it. By the Holy Spirit to work it into your life. Psalm 23, 4. Let's stand together and sing.
Thank you for listening today. We trust that our time together was a blessing to you. If you'd like to connect with us, you'll find us on Facebook, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and, of course, on our website at redhillbaptist.org. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you.